We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jeff and I are back from Vegas, ready to talk NFBC main event. Hopefully our discussion of Jeff drafting Will Smith goes better than uh, I guess you know. Happy Sunday night slash Monday morning. If you're listening to us on the East Coast, everybody, welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Scott Jensen, joined as always on Sunday nights by Jeff Erickson. If you could please rate or review the podcast, we greatly appreciate that. If you enjoy listening to us all year long, all preseason, all during the season, leave a bunch of stars for us. A nice comment just goes a long way to so helping, uh, helping us, helping people find the podcast, all that good stuff that you probably already know about because I talk about it every week. Jeff, how are you? I'm excited. I actually got a real laugh from you on the intro. That was pretty good. That was a yeah. very clever intro. Good for you, man. That was awesome. Uh, it was. It's great. But and the funny thing is, I truly forgot the Oscars were happening <laughs> until uh, Twitter exploded. <laughs> well, yeah, I was at my soccer game tonight, so I was off conveniently off for a while. I get back on, log back in. I'm like, hey, can't wait to do this podcast. What? <laughs> what? Oh my. Um, I, had, I had my in-laws over and they, we just like, we had a, we had a party for school. So I was like, but we we're behind it. I threw it on in delay and we're like, Oh, we'll speed through this. And all of a sudden I looked down at Twitter. I'm like, Oh, we need to speed up in the Oscars and get to the part that matters here. So it was, uh, that yeah. was a pretty bonkers, like in terms of like live TV, I was thinking about like live TV, crazy moments, like viral stuff. That's pretty much up there. It was crazy. Yeah, it's pretty. I, I didn't even see the joke yet that set the whole thing up, but uh, I, I kind of like being in my little bubble and not knowing. But I'll, I'll check it out at some when, point. When, I want to say one last thing about when you do watch it. Watch the uncensored version. It aired like uncensored in Japan and in Australia because yeah. the U.S. there's a seven second delay, so they obviously. Um, I know the people that do that, but they say if you hit the button and it just it just bleeps it for seven, you know, as you're seven seconds behind. Um, so you can't hear any of the cursing on the American version. So make sure you watch the uncensored version. Okay, I will. I you will. will. You will I have think... you, all your concerns about maybe this is an act of being staged will be gone once you watch the uncensored version. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. I, uh, <laughs> I I saw that uh, uh, there's uh, the person that has at Will Smith on Twitter. <laughs> Is someone not actually the actor that? That's awesome. or the baseball player, baseball players, but yet he's verified. He's like a video game creator and all that. And he's like tweeting right through it. And it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that it's is hilarious beautiful. too. So imagine being faster than Will Smith's like agent and management to get that handle when Twitter came out. That's pretty impressive right there. Well, he's a tech guy. So he's yeah. probably a early adopter. It's like, I'm not the actual Jeff Erickson on Twitter. Almost the same thing. 
um, I have to be Jeff underscore Erickson Yeah. because there's a professor at the University of Illinois who's like you know, tech professor and super smart guy. And he probably rues the day he was ever on Twitter because he gets like all these fancy questions his way. Or at I feel least like he, I, I sage my ego and think that he gets all. I was gonna questions. say, I feel like you just compared yourself fame wise to Will Smith and you guys not having your own name too. So, you're uh, kind of, uh, okay, I wasn't trying to do that, but yeah, <laughs> you're right. Hey, I'm, I'm in a euphoric mood. Bear with me. I, I am also, man. We had a, we had a good weekend. Paul Spore is already in the chat trying to, uh, trying to comment on the name the war dog was trying to give me this weekend. So I was going to go to that, and then we got distracted by Will Smith. But Striker, way, I any, love it. Anybody who has uh, watched Survivor or done fancy leagues with uh, with the war dog, uh, he, dude's an absolute legend. He kind of lives up to this like hype you see on, on TV or on Twitter. He's just a phenomenal guy. So one of the people that's uh, – Super nice guy. Yeah, Finally got to you know, hang out yeah. with him in person. Yeah, it, and, it, was, it was really fun. I watched him on Survivor. I'm like, this guy seems really fun. So it was uh, it's awesome he plays fantasy. So – you and I uh, were in Vegas this weekend. Uh, really fun time. Uh, kind of meeting everybody, seeing everybody. I was talking to my wife tonight. It was like, it's weird. Like, there are these people that I'm really good friends with that I see every single year and look forward to it. And I hadn't done it in three years. And I didn't realize, like, how much I miss seeing a lot of people. And I have friends that I've, people I've seen for, like, we've done, we did, we've done Vegas almost every year for NFBC. And then we did, a group of us did it for, like, five, six years before NFBC was a really big thing. So it's, like, been you know, most of the last 20 years in March, I was in, in Vegas with the, you know, the same group of people. So not being there for three years, uh, you know, it kind of went fast, but then it hit me when we were there, like how long it's been. So it was a, yeah. it was a really fun weekend. It was a great weekend. It was fun to see you. It was fun to play golf with you. Um, I apologize for my back nine was, uh, would not fit for TV. It was pretty ugly, but Dude, was, you smoked uh, a couple okay of drives that. on the back nine yeah. though. I gotta okay. say, Scott, you hit the ball farther than I remember. Um, uh, yeah, there's a, there's for someone that there's... hasn't played in two and a half years, especially. There's a, I don't have a problem with distance when I play, but uh, yeah. as you can tell, um, hitting approach shots left into the desert was a different thing. Yeah, and let's just say that uh, you're not a beach guy. You're more of a, mount, uh, a mountains guy. But uh, uh, Yeah, I'm going to blame the hard, wet sand that they, there's on the course, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it was very clear that uh, my bunker game needs some work. And there, were, there was one hand wedge in one of the holes where I literally could not get out of a bunker. So, it's, uh, it's all good. It's all it was, good. Uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a rough sand game, but it was fun to be out there with you and, uh, and Tim Schuler and uh, Ian Chin, who we, I had never met before, so it was fun. Uh, it was, yep. I, I just yeah, When I'm in Vegas, like five hours outside in the sun, outside of the casino – I just think it's a really healthy, good thing for me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I only think my only regret is I didn't, it's, it was such a whirlwind trip. Yeah, I got in late Thursday night cause she and I uh, had a charity golf tournament on the, during the day down in orange County. So we didn't even get in until like 10 30. Didn't go out that night. I was tired. I cut out of the party a little early. So did you, uh, yeah. and Mike, the mouth had a great party. I was, uh, it was he awesome did. that he did that. You know, Vlad had Vlad fest at uh, Vidara was yep. great. My other regret is like, and I feel bad about this. Like I was talking to Jenny Butler and uh, then I saw Eddie Gillis, who I was in my league and I, he thought, well, I thought he was leaving. So I wanted to say hello to him. Right. And I kind of switched off mid conversation. And then kind of, then they were like, Oh, okay. So I apologize I think, to Jenny for being rude there. I think that's big groups in Vegas though, too. Like there's just so many people and there's so much going on. That I, I, I assume I know you, I can't imagine anybody thought you were rude ever. So yeah, it's happened at least a, couple times yeah. in my life but I, I i felt like i was rude there so anyway I, I will say anybody who plays in fbc or is thinking about playing and has like thought about the vegas weekend even if you don't play main event can't afford man i know i know some of these leagues are really expensive but uh, if you can get out there it is a really good group of people uh, you know you mentioned vlad and mike mouth both like 
you know, planned events to get everybody together in Vegas. That's really hard. You know, people get scattered. People have like having planned yeah. events for everybody to get together. was a really cool thing. So they were both really nice to like spend their, their time and effort and money uh, to, to get everybody together. So it was really fun. If you ever have, uh, if even considered coming out, I would strongly recommend it is a, is a great weekend with the uh, surprisingly zero bad people. Like every group of people has some people you don't like. And I don't think there's anybody that I really have a, have a problem with or ever had a problem with it's, it's just so fun. It's such a good group. Yep. Uh, 100%. 100%. Uh, and like I said, I'm still in a euphoric mood. Uh, on Thursday, we're going to do a little main main event cast, uh, trying to get a few people that were in my league. Uh, nice. uh, so far, I've got Brock in there, uh, uh, Brock uh, Brock Monster, and then, uh, of course, and then Rudy Gamble's in my league. Brock Monster, who spent the night before the draft in the desert, by the way. I did not know that, but he, uh, it doesn't he, surprise he, me. He, started, he doesn't do hotels, right? No, he started driving out about eight. Said he was tired. And he had a live stream going. He said he was going to stop at eleven, and he just drove his uh, drove his van to the desert and and, and camped out for the night. So uh, one of those things that I told him, I said I would not, uh, I would not survive doing that. So I have uh, a lot of respect, and I'm impressed that that that's something you could actually do because I am, uh, I am not a camping person. It would not go well for me. Mm, I used to be a camping person. I'm an Eagle Scout, actually. Uh, but wow. I haven't things gone I didn't know. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. It's not impressive that I don't camp now. Could I, you I, build me a fire right now if I needed one? You got a match? Some kindling? <laughs> no, doesn't work. Um, yeah. Uh, I. It, it would be a challenge now. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the war dog and the fire making then. I think that's probably a good yeah. call or Brock. Um, <laughs> um, I, I'm at least a distant third and more like a distant 103rd, probably. One thing I should definitely say, you know, the, the NFBC, we talk about them a lot, but uh, you know, Greg Ambrosius, Tom Kesnick, uh, Derek Bucker, I think is the name. I always mess that one up. Uh, Derek's a great guy. Those guys are awesome putting this event together. Greg had a, did like a little speech at the, at the beginning before the main event. You could tell how much like the lockout had worn on him and how he worried he was about everything. I mean, obviously oh, yeah. his business, his livelihood, um, he's a little emotional, but you, him talking about like the people, the clients, the, the, the group and the community uh, was really cool. It's, uh, you know, we talk about NFBC a lot. It's just most of it because of how well it's run how well they do everything how quick they pay out there's so many things and that, that's greg tom and derek and they do an awesome job um even if you want to jump in an online contest you know the road wire partners with them on the online contest um great contest also 350 entry with a which a huge a huge uh, overall prize too so uh, those guys do a great job it was fun to see you know greg uh, that side of greg when in his little speech yeah absolutely very emotional speech and then john posma who i'm yeah. in his league he, he got inducted into the NFBC Hall of Fame. Always great when you're going up against a Hall of Famer and he's right. two spots away from you. Uh, he had a really entertaining, funny speech, too, as well. Uh, yeah, I, you know, John's a great player. I played against him a couple years ago, too, and he smoked me then, probably smoked me again this year. Thought he had a good draft. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, it's such a great time. Yeah, and Phil Duso also gave a little speech when he, he got his uh, plaque for winning the NFBC overall uh, mm -hmm. last year. It was good to meet Phil the first time I had met him too, and uh, he's uh, he's as smart in person as he is on Twitter and in fantasy yep. leagues. I was I was taller hoping in was, person. Uh, yeah, very tall. I was gonna I was hoping I was gonna find some sort of flaw in his uh, in his thinking and his him as a person. I couldn't quite get it. There. He's as nice as he is smart, which is uh, a little disappointing because I, I really don't like when people have all those things going well for them. <laughs> But uh, so let, we're going to talk about our main event teams. I want to do it from a, a we'll talk about that in a second. I want to talk about it from an approach of like, you know, really talking about the players we pick, the strategies. I know that, you know, sometimes people, you know, just listing off who they drafted can get a little boring. So I want to really want to, uh, you know, do it where people have drafts coming up these next 10 days, kind of helpful towards, you know, some players we thought of, what we're thinking, kind of going through our draft. I have your draft up on my screen. You have mine. Um, I believe so. Uh, we will we'll do that. But uh, some news and notes first. We do have spring training games going on right now. Um, I guess the biggest injury today was Andrew Vaughn. Uh, kind of weird. He dove for a ball in the 
outfield and, and right center field. Pretty nice play. You know, just, uh, defense is a thing with him. They're trying to figure out where he's going to play. He's taking some grounders a second earlier in spring training, but uh, he was carted off the field, which is obviously a huge concern at the beginning. But then they said it was a right hip hip, hip discomfort. So I think that kind of was uh, more of a placeholder and kind of a, you know figuring out uh, right. what, what his real uh, status. And so was. he was, and I was doing my AL only home league Amiki, which is the the site that started. I mean, that's the league that started our my our website. Uh, right. Peter Shanky, Herbilk, uh, you know, but Ken Kreitz, bunch of other, you know, handful of roto guy, roto wire guys, and a handful of really other good players that are also really good friends and some White Sox fans in that group too. And it was right after Vaughn got drafted that when that happened, of course. But uh, of course, it was. Was it a Jamal Charles get carted off the field, i.e., riding off in a golf cart, or actually right. getting carted off? Uh, you know, I had to look that up, but it looks like it was more the latter. Um, but yet we don't know. I mean, hip discomfort could lead to hip surgery like Matt Chapman. That's possible. Um, or it could be something minor. But then again, with Andrew Vaughn, he's not fully fledged yet. He's not, yeah. you know, he's not a fully realized major leaguer. And he's playing out of position to begin with because they have too many first base types and DH types. So he has to play outfield. So he gets kind of screwed there a little bit. And he's one of those guys that like these next like, six, seven days of spring training might actually matter for him too. They're kind of figuring out playing time in a position. Like you hate trying to miss. And he's someone uh, you probably saw. I have my draft sheet. You know, I just I pretty much have guys bolded that are you know targets in which rounds and all that kind of stuff. He's a guy that I do like. I think that uh, I like the hard hit, uh, hard hit stuff. I like his barrel rate. I like the fact he doesn't strike out a ton. He was a he was like a teens strikeout percentage guy in the minors, and then he was twenty one percent last year. Yeah. For a guy with some pop, like you like to see someone that's not you know. We see all these guys that come up to 29 percent. Um, so the Babbitt was low. Is two seventy one. He's not fast, but I think the I think the average has some room to gain. He was he at two thirty five last year in four and season at players. I would bet more on like a two fifty to two sixty kind of range. And I think the pop is a uh, pop's really someone in, in his range. I think he was kind of in the um, I think it's I'm looking I'd look at my sheet, but kind of in the mid two hundreds uh, ADP. I think it's, uh, it's someone that uh, I wouldn't mind getting if the the team context fit there. Yeah, he's, a, he's had such a weird developmental career. I yes. mean. He was one of the best college hitters in the draft. He and Adley Rushman basically yep. uh, was just okay as a pro in, in 2019 uh, and then lost all of 2020. Of course, he was at the uh, alternate training campsite, but he didn't get the call up. So right. hard to see what's going on there. Last year, you know, he, he made the team out of, the, out of spring training, but then they had him playing outfield instead of first after the Eloy injury. And you know, he wasn't playing every day. He got he got jerked around a little bit by Tony Russo. So yeah, he's granted, he still got over four hundred and six, you know, four hundred and sixty he got four hundred and sixty-nine plate appearances. So it wasn't like uh he was sitting all, all the time, but still it was a little herky jerky. Uh and I think that probably doesn't suit him well. It's not as bad as like the Reds like changing positions on Nick Senzel every year, but kind of like that. Yeah. And I feel it's good. We, I think we have like a, a, a real ADP now. We had those first three drafts on Thursday. I was looking like, oh, three drafts. I'm like, yeah, but one, <laughs> like one, someone reaching up or, or someone falls, like it just affects it. We have 13 main events now. So we've got, I think, a, a much better uh, ADP set. Uh, Andrew Vaughn's 303. I was a little bit off. I said the high 200s. He was just 303. But right around the, the 2021 turn there, I think he's someone that if he's going to, he's okay with his injury. Uh, someone that I'd be, I wouldn't mind taking in some some drafts coming up here. Uh, Starling Marte, who uh, has been spoken about a bunch uh, with his oblique injury, actually made his spring debut on Sunday. Um, really good sign there. Obviously, they think he's good enough to to hit and play and all that. So I think we're looking at a uh, who should be fine by by opening day as long as it obviously doesn't have any setbacks. Yeah, he should be. Uh, and yet, like 
And, and, and the thing is, like on Saturday, I saw like a main or two where he got into the fourth round. Yep. Uh, which, you know, he had already played in a minor league game. So I, I understand a little bit of fear on that, but eh, maybe that's one of those things that has to give when starting pitcher and closer madness kicks in at the main. I guess, you know, partially injured guy is a guy that's going to fall back. Plus, it's not just the injuries, it's the ballpark, it's the manager. You know, I, I get it a little bit there, but seemed like it was too much of a haircut there. I, I think if, if you happen to get him, I mean, you're probably pretty excited about the price that you paid. Yeah, I feel those like late second, early third round outfielders and kind of pushing out were the ones that got pushed down as the as the Lucas Giolito and Sandy Alcantara, uh, those guys got pushed up. I feel like it was the outfielders in that range. You had like Teoscar, Jordan, we're going to talk about for sure because we both drafted them. Uh, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about um, and Starling Marte, uh, Aaron Judge, uh, Tyler O'Neill. I saw those guys, you know, moving back, you know, five, six, seven spots as people pushed up pitching. And the, the pitching yeah. is definitely hard to find and you know you have to steer into that or steer out of it but uh, that i felt like it was that group of outfielders that really we saw move down maybe a round or so as the, as the other guys moved up yeah brock uh actually got Marte at 4-1 so he, oh, he got yeah. he got the discount on him. yeah that uh, that could look really nice in a week if uh, you know Marte looks fine and, and no issues there um shohei otani who is a, a regular first round uh draft pick mostly because of his hitting in the nfbc you have to use him one or the other um joe madden came out today said he's gonna hit leadoff what do you think about that i don't know I don't, yeah, I don't know what to make out of it. That's I think I asked you first. I think he'll maybe run more. Maybe he'll he'll definitely score more runs, get more yeah. plate appearances. These are good things. But that soft underbelly of the Angels is the the you know the bottom half of their roster. Doesn't that kind of cut down on his uh, opportunity to knock guys in? I mean, I think significantly. I think uh, I think the I think the stolen bases do uh, benefit there, but. I just don't really get it from an angel's standpoint. I just, it, it seems weird. I mean, and obviously he's good. You can get anywhere, but I think I would want a guy or two on base in front of him. If I could, I mean, guy hit 46 home runs last year. Not that we're talking about just a, there's a speed guy who can get on base. I mean, his OBP was 372. So solid there. Um, but I'm looking at the lineup. I, I mean, I guess maybe they just don't have a leadoff hitter. Yeah. Um, at, I guess you could put Fletcher there, I would think, but it'd be fine. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think lineup construction yeah. in real life matters less than and we make out of it. Fletcher's OBP was, matters. Fletcher's OBP was under 300 last year too. Was it really? Yeah, 297. I would have. Uh, really? I would have lost. I would have lost that bet. I just looked. It I thought up. he would have hit 297, let yeah. alone get on base. I, that clip. I am not going to lie to you. I looked it up as we were talking, and I would have guessed higher. He hit 262 last year with 297 OBP. Year before he was 319 with a 376 OBP, and year before that he was 350. So last year was. Uh, his, uh, his, uh, his walk rate actually cut in half uh, last year compared to 2019 and 2020. Hmm. Yeah. That's weird. Uh, his, um, his hard hit rate dropped to a fantastic 15.5% to go along with his, uh, let me tell you, zero barrels. So glad I didn't get him, I guess. Zero. Zero barrels. 0. 0.0. That That's, yeah. you know, I, I don't dive on every player like that. That's a that's some good on-the-spot diving there. Yeah. Um, well, then I guess it makes more sense why they'd go that route. Uh, but just, like Guns it, and Roses taught us, nothing lasts forever. Uh, I like so, when you have references that I like, and we talked about Guns and Roses this weekend. That was so topical. Yeah, it's perfect. just all things coming together there. Yeah. I like it. Um, I, I, you know, things change, but the point is true. Though we get a little worked up over batting orders in spring yeah. training, and they tend to last about a hot minute or two, and then and, and it's and it's Joe Madden too, which is makes it even you know a hotter yeah, he, of a minute right there. He needs to reinvent baseball next week too, of let course. alone this week. Very true. Uh, Manny Machado missed the weekend with back tightness. Bob Melvin came out and said, "Ah, no worries for opening day." Does that affect you at all with a couple of days off with back tightness if you're drafting tomorrow night? 
Probably not. Yeah, I don't uh, think so either. You know, I, I, I've been in this sweet spot where I'm rarely even in a, having an opportunity to draft him. Uh, you know, certainly on Saturday, drafting third, I'm not, he didn't make it back to me uh, at 2.28. Uh, yeah. he, he, he came one spot in front of me. And Toby next to me is like throwing his pen down. He was so upset about it. I don't think he was that upset about it. I'm just, I'm a little using some poetic license there. Um, Fair enough. He didn't go pen flip crazy on us, but uh, at the same time, he wanted Machado. And he he even said like the the first three rounds went about as badly as he, as it could have been for what he was planning on doing. Uh, But then I think he recovered just fine in part because I gifted him something in the fourth we're, round. Which we'll we're going to talk about the fourth round in your league here yeah. in a little bit. Um, Dylan Floro uh, came out the morning of the main event, was dealing with some arm soreness, and was that the quote was behind schedule. It sounded like only a couple days behind schedule, but he was the presumed at least initial or main uh, closer. If they, you know, I don't know if they have one, but for the Marlins, um, Anthony Bender got moved up a little bit, uh, some other names in the bullpen. Uh, does this Floro arm soreness worry you at all? It doesn't worry me because I don't have him, but if you were drafting, if I had drafted him a few times, yeah, of course. Uh, You never want your guy to be behind, especially when you're not a fully minted closer to begin with. And you got a guy like Bender who's got really good skills. Uh, You know, and and the real concern with that is like, you know, if he misses, you're like, oh, he misses a week, who cares? But if Bender goes in there and like looks great and saves two games, like he's getting the third op, right? Yeah. You know, here's the other thing though. This was. It's, we don't know that it's Bender is the guy. Right, Joe Fasaro is the guy that we quoted as in the update. And Fasaro's tweet says, makes the most, this Bender makes the most right. sense. It could be Anthony Bass. It could yeah. be, you know, digging up uh, Brandon Kinsler out, uh, from the dead again. I mean, it's anybody could be the guy, especially Mattingly loves his veterans. Is Brandon Kinsler really in that bullpen still? No, I'm saying they could. Oh, I got you. They could dig him up for the day. I got you. I thought he was still there. I was like, oh my gosh, did I miss that? No, um, you didn't. Looking, miss at, that. looking at their pen, it's Bender and Bass, and then like ten guys I've never heard of. So Richard I, Blyer uh, is okay. Richard Blyer had, had a run with the uh, Dodgers. Richard Blyer's 35. I would have lost that bet too. Did you know what uh, Richard Blyer did last year? Uh, and no, unless he played running back at some point for the Steelers. No, yeah. <laughs> he used to be on the Orioles, but the last two years in, in 2020, granted, it was a 60 game season as a right. reliever. That's almost nothing as a sample. 108 whip last right. year, 58 innings, 0.98 whip, 44 to 6K to walk. Now he's it's 58 innings, so he's not striking out a ton of guys, but right. that's a darn useful pitcher. Got yeah, 20 I- holds too. He did. Don't, was, don't put it all... past Mattingly to say, let's try him in the ninth. Yeah, he, I, I did not know he was that good in, in 2020. I'm looking at that line right now, and he was uh, – you're right. He was really, uh, really solid. Not going to get strikeouts, but, you know, barrel We all love 4%. Bender because he gets yeah. the Ks. But... Right, he throw, throws really, really hard, obviously. And, he also um, had 20 walks and uh, five homers allowed. So, flyer yeah. barely barely tops 90, so we're probably not going to get too excited there. But, yeah, I wouldn't put it past Mattingly to go with him or Bass in, the, in that first out. Well, and especially because of Mattingly's history. I mean, it's not like Kinsler was out there throwing gas. True. And he was he got the first save, and he you know kept getting more chances because of that. Yeah, you just uh, you don't like it if uh, if you do if you do draft Floro or like Floro, and it's just uh, you, you just never want someone else to get in there, get the first two saves, and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, what are we doing here? So yeah, um, this is why I'm going to do a second main and why you are too. Yes, uh, get more current information 
That's for sure. Yeah, no, we we've never done the Vegas main with this many days, obviously, before a minute. Usually it's we it's draft. So weird. We draft on Saturday and the season start the season started Monday or every once in a while when they did the new season, we started Thursday. But like 10 days, we're gonna have injuries in spring training, we're gonna have jobs change. We had stuff talking good breaking during the draft. So it's gonna it's gonna be different than uh, different than normal for sure. I'm just hoping I hoping I avoid the the big you hope we avoid any big name injuries. I would love to not have anybody lose anybody in those first few rounds, but it, it's gonna happen. Uh, yeah. Know. Last year it happened. I mean, we talked about Phil Dussault winning the overall. He drafted Trevor Rosenthal in the fifth round and got a flat zero from him. Yeah, that's true. Never threw an inning. So the great thing about baseball, as opposed to football, is you can lose your fifth round pick and still do really well. You don't want to do it, but uh, it's, it's, right. you can you can adjust and manage around stuff. Um, last news and notes before we do get to our teams: uh, Albert Pujols back with the Cardinals. Uh, that uh, it seems like a a fun story more than a fantasy story. Yeah, uh, I could be cynical and say it'll even be more fun for my Reds if they play them every day, but. Who cares? The Reds don't care. I was going to say, as, as a Reds fan, you aren't allowed to joke about it. So that. now I'm rooting for him. Good luck. I hope it works out. It'd be a yeah. fun story. Is he gonna, I mean. And he now he's the right-handed half of a platoon. That's the thing is, he's actually useful as a platoon player. Mm-hmm. Juan Yepes loses out on this. Paul yeah. DeYoung probably loses out on this, unless he just locked in at shortstop the whole time. I have a feeling he might be the, he's the shortstop for now, not the full shortstop for good are we are we thinking pools and Corey dickerson dh yes. platoon at the moment okay yes he's the only dickerson's the only lefty option there oh you're right yeah Lar- couple- no lars nutbar is also yeah, right. they had a couple switch hitter guys in there but edmund and Dark carlson play every day anyway yep um yeah there's not a lot of le- there's not a lot of left-handed um bench pop there which i guess makes what makes sense why they signed dickerson yeah so let's jump into our uh, our teams. We'll talk a, bu- a bunch of players and strategies here. But first, a note from our sponsors at Fantrax. Are you looking for a new platform for your fantasy baseball league? Fantrax is free MLB fantasy league managers, the most customizable, easy to use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. Fantrax offers the most in-depth player pool in the industry, including minor league players. Fantrax offers dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Are you coming from another service? Fantrax makes that process easy also. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. Sign up for free today and be entered to win Fantrax's MLB game day experience. It includes tickets to any MLB regular season game for the entire league and $1,000 towards travel and accommodations. All you have to do is host your fantasy league on Fantrax to be entered. The more leagues you create, the more chances you have to win. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. 
But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. So, Jeff, we were there. You were in the you had the third pick in uh, in your main event. Uh, we're talking about your draft first. Um, we had talked the day before, and you're you know trying to figure out you know uh, Jose Ramirez, Bo Bichette, Juan Soto. Uh, what uh, what in the end uh, caused you to land on Ramirez? Obviously, all great options. We don't even talk about the first round a lot, but uh, you know what kind of bumped Ramirez uh, for you over Bichette and Soto? Your league went Turner Cole, kind of um, standard one two. What we thought uh, Toby, you mentioned Bathroom, he was picking two. We kind of figured. He's a pitcher guy. That would be Cole. But uh, what led I you to do with Toby Friday night too? I, I mean, oh, there you go. Out said, I'm taking yeah. Cole. That, so it was uh, good to know. Yeah, you know, always good for always good for a little late prep when you kind of know you can cross someone off. But between Ramirez, uh, Bichette, and Soto, kind of felt like those are your three options. What uh, what led you to J Ram uh, before the others? Uh, I mean, I was agonizing till the last minute, really. To be honest, I mean, yeah. it's just so narrow. I had actually kind of narrowed it down to uh, J Ram versus Bichette. Okay. Uh, cause I, I wanted the steals yeah. and I actually think I trust J Ram steals more than Bichette's. Uh, I don't know if that's fair, uh, but it's really close. Uh, I think in my mind, I thought getting shortstop later would be easier as a spoiler alert. It wasn't, um, uh, or maybe it was, yeah, well, yeah. Spoiler alert. Maybe, uh, on, on June 1st, maybe it was. Yeah uh for april 7th maybe not so much yeah. but uh i just i i i feel like it ties a draft better together you know when i did earlier drafts when i did some draft and holds i really liked my builds when i started with jram okay uh i like getting everything you get from you're, you're in four categories and you're not kill, you're not getting killed in batting average uh but you're not getting helped a ton either uh but 
And, and I also think that I can find more shortstops than I can third baseman. As it turns out, I found a second third baseman, which is another story. And, and you're picking third overall. Like you're not going to go wrong there, but coming back right. around uh, your league was way less pitcher crazy than mine was. You had, um, you had some starters there. You had uh, Alcantara, you had Bieber available. Uh, you had uh, Iglesias and Hendricks available. You had Zach Wheeler available. Nola, uh, Urias, all those guys were gone in my league, which is kind of wild. Those were the pitchers were really, really heavy on mine. You'll see what uh, when we talk about mine. I, I just I steered away from the pitchers. But uh, what led you to Hendricks over a starting pitcher? I guess at that point, you took Liam Hendricks at pick uh, twenty eight. I'm just not comfortable with Bieber, okay, um, uh, or Wheeler or Alcantara. Really? What about I mean, what about what about Urias? There is that. I that was the debate, and okay. it was also the debate in the third round. I was going to um, say I knew that was going to come back up again there. Yeah. Uh, the thought here was, well, and the thing is Shu and I kept on seeing Alvarez slip and I'm you know, spoiling, spoiling there my third pick, but yeah, right. I tweeted about, it. I've talked about it already plenty. Anyhow. Sure. It was like, wow. I mean, I really want to get the pitcher though. So we'll see if Alvarez comes back, you know, and if not great, then we're going to get a pitcher that we are okay with. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. It turns out that I just, the way I looked at it is I don't want to. I, you know, I, you know, the thing is I could pass up on the closer now and then hope I get one of the ones I like at four and five. I didn't want to even deal with that, to be honest with you. I, I, I just felt very comfortable with Hendricks, his skills too. You know, I'll be a hell of a lot more comfortable if Craig Kimbrell gets traded to the Rays tomorrow. Yeah. That would be nice. Or uh, if, or if Hendricks stops, stops walking people in spring training. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that. I'm, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yes, an easy like right there option is never a great thing. Even though Hendricks is obviously awesome. and Hater was already gone in yeah. mind, so yeah. it, it was either if Hendricks had gone, then Arias would probably have been in the equation a little bit there. So you mentioned that uh, you mentioned Jordan Alvarez. You took him at thirty-two, obviously uh, down thirty-three. About thirty-three. Don't diminish the work I'm doing uh, in the third round. But <laughs> there you uh, go. Uh, down, down about seven or eight spots. And we saw most of the uh, the last couple of months. He was, he was kind of a middle to late second round guy. Uh, we mentioned the pitching push. Uh, you know, After you went Hendricks, there are four straight pitchers taken at the turn. So you had the chance of um, Alvarez or Urias. Uh, what led you to Alvarez there? I mean, they're, they're both great. I just thought I was stealing at that point, to yeah. be honest. Um, I love Alvarez. I do too. Uh, I, and the fact that he's outfield eligible helps a ton. Huge. He's yeah, in- I- yeah, he would you probably don't go. I don't care that much about you two only, but in the third round, I probably do care a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I almost took him in the second. So when he was there in the third, it, was, it took us like twelve seconds, maybe less, to make yeah. that decision. Um, so I want to talk about the fourth round. You, the fourth round was uh, a lot of people are looking at your draft uh, for the fourth round. If there was a, if there was a sexy big name um, offensive guy this weekend in a lot of drafts, it was Byron Buxton. We saw him going in the second round in some leagues, if not, uh, you know, the early third at, at worst. And, you know, definitely, definitely yep. I, I was at the turn 30, 31. I was, it was consideration for me there, uh, but definitely not past like the mid or late third. Um, yeah. He, at, it, ADP in the mains in the 13 mains is 34. So there you go. Yeah. And so he did not get taken in the third round in yours, came all the way back to the fourth round. And I looked up at the board and I couldn't believe that Toby got in there. I was like, Oh my God, who did Jeff take? But you took Will Smith, the catcher, who uh, I only have one catcher bolded on my sheet as someone I would take in the first 10 rounds of ADP. It is Will Smith. I love Will Smith. So I understand that. Um, 
Walk me through that call, though, because obviously Buxton was much buzzed about, a lot of talking about. I can't believe he was – of all the guys to fall, I thought he would be the last one that would, would slip through there. But it was a lot of uh, – there were a bunch of pitchers that went. Jordan Romano went early that uh, that pushed him down. Chris Bryant went. I'm um, just looking at some of the names here. All the outfitters, Starling Marte, Mullins, Judge, all those guys went. Um, so what uh, what was your final termination between Will Smith, the catcher, and, and Byron Buxton? Uh, I'll be honest. Buxton just wasn't on my radar. Um, and that, that's a failing on my part, I guess. Because you thought he'd be gone. I guess I thought he'd be gone okay. and I'm always not there for it at the price he goes. Right. Uh, I, I still, I would have been uncomfortable even taking him at 58. I okay. just, I, I don't like, you know, this every time he seems to get a step forward, he gets hurt again. And right. granted, it was a fluke injury last year. It wasn't his fault. It was getting plunked. And right. I don't know. I just I, I don't have a good reason why I passed him up. I, no, I, mean, I am fixated not, on Will Smith. That sounds like a good reason, though. I mean, the fact that he's not a big target for you, and it doesn't mean he suddenly becomes a target for you because he slips a little bit. I mean, you got to take guys that you like. Um, Will Smith obviously is a, is a, is a I know he is a target, target for, for me. Yeah. Target for you. Target for me too. Um, I, I love him there. I think that, uh, there are very, catchers get pushed up, but I think he's actually one that in that lineup, uh, you know, he might hit fourth or fifth in this lineup too. Yeah. I saw in one league where he was the, he went at 4.1. Uh, I know that real Muto went four, two in my league too. So, and the thing is, I like, I've really come around to getting one of the top three catchers. It's usually, and it's usually not Perez. I'm usually getting either real or Smith in a lot of leagues. So I just went with that. It's what I'm comfortable with. Yeah, no, that's good. It's actually because Toby, we're talking about earlier, got Buxton at, at that pick. And it was just, I was just, I was just shocked. It was a 59. I just, I didn't think we'd get, it seemed like there was always somebody in every league that not only wanted him, but really loved him, was pushing him up. So it was, uh, it was interesting. It's funny how these drafts are so, are so different across the yeah. board. But so you know, Erickson let you do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. I mean, it well, wasn't I, just I, me. thought, I thought that the whole room, the whole room, but I thought that until I saw Will Smith, I'm like, I really like that one too. So at the end of the fourth round, I like the pick you made. Um, I was just wanted to want to talk if, through if you. It was like you as it was a tough call. It seems like that wasn't even that tough of a call for you. It, no, and see, I was. Here's the other thing. I was also f- fixated on what pitcher I'm going to get in the fifth. Right. Because I, I, I didn't have a starting pitcher by then, yep. so I'll, I had one eye on that. Yeah. And so, so you uh, you ended up with two pitchers in five six, two guys that I do really like. Uh, both, yeah. Both guys that I wanted to draft, and they were kind of gone in spots I did. But you took Joe Musgrove at the Padres. And Alec Manoa in uh, Toronto. Uh, what, and we uh, talked about how I was on on Musgrove, and I was willing to yeah. reach out for him a little bit. Yeah, we talked about that. We did the my guys at pitcher last week. Uh, he was definitely the guy that, that jumped out to you. Yeah, he was. Uh, I got him right about at cost, uh, at least from what it seems like so far. But it, it, in, a, in a draft where starting pitching is going sooner and sooner, Verlander went in the fourth. Freed was already gone in the fourth. Uh, that was one that I hadn't seen before. Uh you know, it, it, Musgrove stood out to me. Dylan Cease went one pick before me, so that was one more get name off that list. So, yeah, but that obviously I didn't know that would happen. But, uh, you know, that's when I made the Smith pick. I was also thinking, okay, well, I got this. I'll get my hitter here, and I'll get I'll get my starter coming back. And I'm glad it was Musgrove because I'm not as comfortable with Gossman. We talked about that. I would have – if had I not gotten Musgrove, I would have gone Trevor Rogers, uh, which – I know you took, and I, I think I, I think I might have taken minimum pick too. Well, I mean, again, I was sitting I was, on yeah. the end though. End who cares if it's minimum pick? You know he's not coming back. At if you take him at five one, you're not getting him at six fifteen. So yeah. 
in the past, I have been bad about that at uh, at turns, and I I think I adjusted well that of just not caring about that because if someone's not coming back, then suddenly it's not too early. But right, and if you want them, you want them. Period. Yeah. I want to talk about Manoa a little bit because I really I really like this guy. You look at uh, you look at the numbers; were good. Three point oh five, three point two two ERA, one point oh five WHIP, and one hundred eleven innings in his debut. Like that's a really solid debut. Really good, nice K rate at twenty eight percent. Walks are a little bit high. Maybe that's kind of the last piece to him being really, really great. But swing strike rate strong, 12.6%. Good contact suppression, 31% hard hit rate. You look at his stat cats page, he's over 80, 80 percentile in exit velocity, hard hit rate, X Woba, XERA, XBA, X Slug Barrel. The list just goes on over, and not even much good those, but over 80th percentile. So really, really good. Um, good whiff rate in his fastball, 32%. You don't see that with a lot of guys' fastballs. 30% whiff rate in the slider. Um, the bat helped him a little bit. Maybe he has to fix the walks a little bit, but like as a rookie debut, I mean, this dude was awesome. And his defense got better. Yeah. They just added Matt Chapman, obviously. Yep. Um, swooping up a lot of ground balls. <laughs> Give me. There is uh, you maybe, maybe Nolan Arenado in St. Louis does it as well, but there's nobody that does it better than Chapman. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, that's like, we talk about defensive upgrades. And I think that you, when you talk about that, it's kind of, eh, all right, fine. But when you get Carlos Correa, like Minnesota did, or, 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 or Matt Chapman, like that's a big move that actually impacts a pitcher. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I was sweating that because I only had one starter at the point. Yep. Um, I was fist pumping big time after we yeah. got that. That that might have been my happiest pick of the draft. Because uh, I'm looking at your draft and it, it's kind of he was kind of the rest of, the of last... it's crap. So obviously <laughs> it has to be your happiest pick. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The, no, the 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 pitching starting pitcher kind of there's that that's, he's the last of a tier right there. Um, yeah. If you put Shane McClanahan in that tier, I don't. But if you do, he sticks in there. But then you fall away back and look at the names like Luis Castillo, Evaldi, um, Chris Bassett. I mean, some guys, Manias, some guys I like in there, but it feels to me like. You really, you really got the last guy that's here, and three hitters went before that guy. So, like, you, you must have been sweating that someone's going to say his name out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and I think on Thursday, those three uh, mains, uh, his ADP was exactly eighty-seven or eighty-eight, which you know I was picking eighty-eight. So yep. now I look at it now, and it's eighty-four. So I even got a little tiny discount. So yeah, I was sweating it big time. Out, outfielders really got pushed down here. Like George Springer went in the late six. That's about the latest I've seen him too. Yeah. And here's that, that was Posma who of course swooped in and took that value. Yeah. I'll you tell hate, you what, you, you hate to see that by the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. Uh, but Springer and a Rosarena, I know your, your objections notwithstanding, those were two options I was looking at yeah. and I would have been like, how can I let those go? I'm going to get Manoa here and I'm thrilled about that, but man, uh, Here's so here's no, no. my here's my draft strategy kind of game theory question for you. If if one of those outfielders there and Mano is there, you look up and uh the two teams to your I guess it'd be your left we're gonna pick each had four pitchers. So would you have would you have pushed it thinking there's no way they go fifth? Although Toby loves pitchers, but uh I wonder that would have been a that would have been a tough decision right there. Yeah, it was it, it definitely was, and even then in a uh, running theme of my uh our, our draft, not my draft, our draft is that we were light on speed yeah. and a Rosa Reina is interesting because of that. Tommy Edmond is interesting because of that. And of course, Tommy Edmond went at seven, two, I didn't get him on the comeback. He would have fit in nicely with this team. But uh, so maybe I should have gambled that I would have gotten Manoa in this, in the seventh. I, you know, I don't think Jody Ryan was taking him. Toby might've, but yeah. jo- Jody, Jody does his own thing too. I like that. Um, just, I mean, I think it's a good way to play, play the game. Right. But, uh, he, he's, 
you know, he, he, he was all kind of like, these are the guys I want. These are guys I'm going to take. Yep. He was so, he was on, he was tilty that Toby got Buxton because he was, he had them all queued up too. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Uh, I know Jody from the old, uh, the old CDM days is a really good player there. So that, yeah. uh, it was fun to see him too. So I do want to talk about your seventh round pick. Um, someone who's been in the news on Twitter the last couple of days here, uh, Cody mm. Bellinger, a, you know, a kind of a one, two, first, first, second rounder last year, MVP in 20, what was that? 2019. Um, seventh round seems great. Um, he can't hit the ball right now in spring training. He has 13 strikeouts and 18 at bats. Um, he was a target for me. I love bounce back guys like this. Um, what were you thinking about Bellinger? And does anything in the spring so far? Very small sample, very early. Does it worry you even a little bit? Yeah, I think he had like three strikeouts on Saturday to make yeah. it to, to, and that's when I saw that tweet going out about yeah. how much he's striking out. And then you hear always oh, changing his mechanics again. Like, do you just stop? Yeah, that, um, it didn't go well the first time. Yeah, or the twentieth time either. Right. Um, I'm concerned, and I'm I have some regrets. Some of this was reaction to not getting Edmund or Eloy Jimenez. Uh, although I, Jimenez doesn't run, obviously, but he's just a great hitter. Yeah. Uh, how how close were you on Bellinger versus Christian Yelich? Not. Okay. I've been, I, I've been, you know, talking down Yelich all spring. That yeah. would have been a total hypocritical move of me to turn around and draft Yelich, uh, unless there was some other information that came to fore. Uh, but if you look at the picks after that, I mean, Yelich, I don't know how much he's going to run. Yeah. JD Martinez isn't going to run. Giancarlo Stanton's not going to run. Corey Cedar's not going to run. Cattell Marte will. That, I mean, but not a lot. I think um, that, that was the one as I looked at that one, the one I, I would have been close on, on those two guys that I do like. Yeah. I mean, so that, that, I mean, you have to go nine picks later to find that the yeah. debate and then Ryan, Brian Reynolds again, fit another six picture, six or seven pitches picks after that. I mean, after, after my, after some of these outfields go early, like there, there's just a, it's just no stolen base guys in the middle. I know right. I was drafting, I took Trey Turner first and I was like, well, I need to get some steals at some point to supplement that. And I just, I kept going down. I was like, none of these guys steal. Yeah. And then wow. I messed up. I missed some other spots too. Eighth round. I took, I, I value picked Alex Bregman and I was like, okay, it's probably soon. We should probably think about Miles straw on the comeback. Yeah. Jody took him at 8.15. And I was like, well, Jody's got Trey Turner. Toby's got Buxton and Varsho and Edmund. I could probably take a chance here and see if I can make the straw man argument in the ninth. And <laughs> nope, couldn't. Uh, yeah, later I mean, on, you know, I, I missed out on Ed, Edmund. We, we talked about later on. I missed out on Jonathan VR. I missed a lot of spots when it comes to speed. I, I, it's definitely a shortcoming of this team. And that's a good that's a good draft strategy note too. Like if you're at a, if you're at one of those ends, I mean, you have to look at what those other teams two teams do. If you're in the middle, you know, not much you could do. There's 14 picks before you go again, or whatever, maybe 12, 10. If you're how far you are from the middle, but in the third round, you know, you've got four picks. Is you've got to look at what the other teams have. If you if you need a shortstop and they each have one, you know, maybe that's the thing you push. It doesn't always work, as you mentioned with Straw. Um, you know, yep. they, uh, he had Trey Turner. Maybe maybe you think, yeah, he probably doesn't take Straw, but he he did. Yeah. Um, sometimes that strategy works, but you've you've got to at least implement it. Yeah, I thought I was going to get my good friend Dansby in the eighth. Nope, Zach Nelson took him in about five picks ahead of time. I had to give him a stink eye, but uh, <laughs> it didn't didn't work. He he just turned away and didn't look at me. Uh, so uh, oh, I talked to him later. But uh, so in you know, the uh, in uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. In the uh, go ahead, sorry. Oh no, I, I was done. Um, so in the NFBC, we do they do a break in, in person. We do a break after ten rounds. So you uh, mm-hmm. you're here. You got. Uh, you know, you got your three starters, your reliever, some good offense players. You got, uh, you know, Luis Garcia, took Dylan Carlson. 
Uh, in the 10th round, you have your break, and you look up and see that Fernando Tatis has not been taken yet. He's, he was oh, like, and a, I looked up in the eighth round. I looked up in yeah. the ninth round and the 10th round, too, and noticed it. But then yeah. you got you got 10 minutes off, and you really start to think about it. He'd gone pretty much seventh, eighth round all weekend. So I don't think I saw him. Uh, I, I have the ADP in front of him. I could probably look it up. 58's the highest, by the way. Okay. It was so yours that's the end of the fourth. I assume yours is the lowest, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so you've got no. He didn't. He didn't last past the break in any draft all weekend. That's thirteen drafts. That's online and in and in Vegas. So it's a it's a combination of the two. Um, so you're at pick eleven three. How did you think about that? How hard was it? Was it like I just got to do it now? Like where, how'd you get to the point where this is that you're going to grab Tatis and, and and stash him on the bench? Well, you know, I pulled you aside and yeah. I was like, "Am I insane? Yeah. Is, is it crazy?" And then I started looking at other boards I'm, and like, no, I'm not crazy. This yeah. is, this is way past time. And yeah, you know, the thing is, I thought it was crazy how early it was going on other drafts and I was saying as such. And so I was like, that's why I really wanted to check myself. I was like, okay. And then Todd Zola had a pretty good tweet, you know, earlier uh, before this serious XM show that we did together on Sunday, you know, it's not necessarily a great thing to get value in the main. You're trying to get your guys. Right. I think the exception can be made when it's you know such an extreme player. The guy who's the one with the one point one for me if he's healthy. So yeah, yeah. you're talking um, about and, and then I was like, okay, well, I had committed to taking it if it came to me at the third pick after the break, and sure enough it did. Uh didn't waste that much time making it. Once uh, Mount Castle and Ben and went off the board in front of me to start uh, the eleventh round. I did it. I mean, I, I see how this room is not filled with people that are trying to make bold picks. They're take, taking smart picks for the most part. You didn't see yeah. too many like, oh, this is way out of line with ADP yeah. picks in this draft. I think other drafts you saw more of that. And, um, and I am very not taking the, the guy hurt to start the year, not taking same here. Dash, but in the 11th round, and I think we talked about it, I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I would be a slam dunk for me at that point. Um, does that, it, 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 you, after you take him though, are you in the mindset like, okay, well that eliminates like any minor that's league my or something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. You kind of, you know, even we don't know about Julio Rodriguez, Riley Green, but those guys probably become less less workable for mm, you with the staff. Yeah, but more of the injury guys. Like, yeah, that's, that's fair. I'd say like Max Muncy was crossed off my board after yeah. that, and he went late. Although yeah, I didn't have a chance to act on that, he went in the twelfth round before it came. Obviously, back to you're me. not you're not taking Jack Flaherty. You're not taking Chris Sale. You're not taking Steven Strasburg. You're not you're not taking a right. shot on those guys when you have to because you don't want to start the year with a five man bench. Jack Flaherty made it to the thirtieth round. Did he really? Wow. Yeah. I, like I said, this draft, this room was pretty averse to taking on the injury risks. It felt like a, a, it wasn't quite that much of a theme in my league. It was he was earlier than that, but it felt like it was a theme that we, we, you don't have those people as much that uh, take the injured guards. I, I felt like that was different this year than most years. Yeah. I, I think my, my particular draft was even, it seems that way. It was an extreme to that regard. Yeah. And that's fine. I'm not, it's, it's definitely not a critique because that's kind of the way I feel too. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's interesting to see the rookie picks this year because I do think there's more incentive to see to get Bobby Witt and Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson and J Rod up all AL players. By the way, uh, although we've already seen rumblings about the Pirates jerking O'Neill Cruz around, yeah. which surprised to nobody. Uh, Bobby, uh, Bobby Witt five uh, end of the fifth round in in your league. Uh, Start of the fourth round in month. Yes, we'll talk about that in detail. Uh, we'll, and I'm going to be talk, talking about it on the XM show on Tuesday with the the I was picker. Saying, is, is, is Paul Spore the Paul Spore? You must be. He's our ombudsman on Tuesdays. Although he's, I, you know, that list is gone. He's not really an ombudsman anymore because um, he always used to pick on things. List would say on the show. 
I had only met uh, Paul once before this weekend. It was really? It was really quick in a spring training game. And I think I kind of like walked up to him and kind of surprised him. He was doing something with a friend. I was like, hey, I listen to your show, all that kind of stuff. So we didn't really talk. Um, I loved him. I thought he was, I loved him. I hung, out, salt of the I, earth I hung awesome out with him dude. a bunch this weekend, hung out with him Friday, on Friday night and then Saturday during the draft. We talked a lot and kind of back and forth. Um, one of my favorite people I met this weekend. I was I was really happy to get to hang out with him. I, I really like the dude. Yeah, and he hung he he and Wardog uh, hung hung striker on you too. So <laughs> I don't even know where that came from, but apparently so. And when Wardog says something, you don't really argue back. You just kind of accept it and move on. You know, no. Wardog's one of the very few people in this world that can third person himself, and <laughs> and it works. And it yeah. works. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he and I, he yeah. and I had some good yeah. NBA, NBA talks this weekend. I mean, we just. We we're talking nets. We were talking wars. It was uh, he's a guy. He he has a he has a Brooklyn Nets tattoo. Like serious NBA guy. So I had a lot of fun uh, talking NBA with nice. him too. Um, Jake McGee. We're gonna jump out of the fifteenth round. Uh, he you had uh, you had Hendricks. And at some point, you got to get a, a second reliever. Um, what is your thinking on McGee versus Doval versus uh, Tyler Rogers? What, what's your feeling on the on the Giants pen here? I probably should have added Tyler Rogers super super duper late. I didn't. Um, that was probably a mistake. But I've been on record. I think McGee gets more saves than Doval. Right. Uh, I'm not taking Duvall at cost. Uh, cost wasn't so bad with Duvall. I, I think just generally speaking, I think his price has gone down. He went in the 10th. It's still, that's still kind of early. I, uh, but I think he used to be eighth or ninth in a lot of leagues. Uh, the thing that drove us is like, we, we wanted to get McGee at some point, And the fact is we had waited on a second closer yeah. by design. When you take Hendricks in the second round, I think, you can take another one and that's fine, but I think it's also you have the ability to build elsewhere and then come back right. and wait on closers. I probably waited too long for a second closer. So once we got to 15, I, I didn't want to wait another pair of picks. I think that that, you know, I should have applied that lesson else on a couple of other on uh, Jonathan VR as well. Actually, you know what? That was after we had already lost VR too. Right, um, so you're like, I don't want to wait one more time. I, the whole concept of waiting for another yeah. pair of picks was and that's just, twenty. That's twenty four picks in between your 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 odd round picks, right. your round picks. There's a lot of picks. I think you just gotta grab who you want and then kind of move on and, and kind of just uh, that's the way it is. Right, and you know it, it's a, such a weird closer pool. We've talked about that before. Uh, you know, Kittredge was someone we could have maybe taken instead of Kitty if we wanted to try to get a second closer, but I. As much as I love the skills, and I saw Fairbanks get banged up uh, this this week, and that happened obviously today, so I didn't have that the foresight of that. Right. Uh, but there there wasn't a, another obvious guy. I mean, I could I guess I could have gone Joe Barlow instead. Uh, but I just McGee was very good last year. Yes. And yeah, I, I understand he's limited because he almost he goes that fastball a ton, but. Duvall just worked last year too. Like I, I had yeah. him in the main event and every time he came out, I'm like, Oh my God, throw something different. But then he was like shaking hands and, and talking to Buster Posey. And the game was over. So um, I might've just lit a 15th round pick on fire, but at least it's a 15th round pick that I'm yeah. lighting on fire too, as opposed to like last year when I went with uh, the 12th round, I went with 12th and 13th round. I went with back-to-back San Diego relievers that weren't closer. So, you know, there's that. If only there was anyone in that bullpen that got a bunch of saves, you could have drafted. Yeah, if only. He, by the way, Melanson went yeah really early in mine. He went seventh round. I, I thought he had been discounted in most of my leagues, yeah. not in this one. I think there was a oh my gosh, all the closers are gone. Let me at least get somebody with a job kind of stuff. And For sure. That's the thing. So, couple other questions on your draft before we uh, talk about mine. But first, a note from our sponsors at Thrive. 
Experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Here's how you claim your free RotoWire subscription. Visit rotowire.com slash thrive, deposit a minute of $10, and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And then third, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month RotoWire subscription. So, Jeff, a couple of things I want to ask you real quick before we get to uh, get to talk about my draft a little bit. Um, you need a shortstop. You have uh, Tatis, who's obviously not going to play for a while. Seventeenth um, round, you got one of my uh, one of my bigger like kind of late round targets. Guy, I really like Brandon Crawford. Um, yeah. As I looked closer and closer to his last year, obviously he had a huge. I don't know if we call it a breakout at his age. He's thirty five, but twenty four home runs, eleven stolen bases. But you look a little closer. He was a different hitter last year. He had a, a career-high hard hit rate of 43%. He had a career-high barrel rate of 11.5%. Like a really good mark there. Dropped his strikeouts. Like I, I assume, like, oh, he sold out for power. I'm sure he struck out a bunch more. Dropped his strikeouts. Lowest it was since 2016 and 19%. Uh, upped his walks. Like, 10%. Like, everything he did was better. Um, he hit 298, 373 OBP. Um, as I got deeper to Crawford, I, I was surprised at how real that breakout was last year. I really like him where he's going. So is the question, why am I so awesome? No, the question, uh, question is, why are you so awesome? Why did you make such a great pick there? Yeah, I honestly, Crawford goes late in every draft. Yeah, I and, think people just think he's boring Brandon Crawford, but he was really good last year and supported by all the kind of the advanced metric stuff, too. That was one that was a favorite pick, and, and I actually liked the pick before, too, in Jonathan Scope, first and second eligible, yeah, uh, in a, an improved Tigers lineup. And I just know, I, I knew. When we got Tatis and he was our first middle infielder that we needed to get at least three more. Yeah. Got Josh Rojas, got Scope, got Crawford, even added one more and kind of Falefa later just for a good measure and got some speed perhaps as well. Uh, I And the good news is I might just use those guys and put Tatis in the outfield. I might actually be that rare person that uses Tatis in the outfield once he comes back. So talk to me about your uh, your last 10 rounds. Is there anybody here that you're like, oh, this is a, these are guys that I want these late rounds. These are targets for me. Is there anybody that uh, are just kind of backfilling positions? What uh, Who are you like really excited to get in these last 10 rounds? Uh, excited? Very okay, few. Well, if not excited, honest. talk to me about Andrew Heaney. You took Andrew Heaney in the 21st that round. That was a I not, cannot, I crossing I cannot fingers him pick. Out. That was yeah. not excitement. That was, okay, at least he's striking. He's a good, he's got strikeouts. And he's on the Dodgers. Uh, I, you know, you'll notice there's a theme with my starters in the 20, the twenties. I needed more. I, I, I only had five starters going into the last third of the pick. So trying to tackle volume, I wanted guys that I had a job and, yeah. you know, maybe have some strikeout upside or in some cases or in other cases, at least they were on good teams. Heaney, Pineda, he might not be ready to start the season. Kyle Gibson, at least he's going to pitch Taiwan Walker, Named after a country, but spelled wrong. Um, but still, he's got a job with the Mets. Oh, he might not be ready either to start the season because of his yeah. knee. But again, good ballpark, good team behind him. I think they'll play defense. I think the Tigers will play defense. I think the Dodgers will play defense. Uh, it's just a, their volume plays, their streamers. I'm going to be picking up more starters over the course of the season. But, you know, Jason Collette talked about Heaney's upside. Uh, I think being in Dodger Stadium is – probably a really good thing yeah i think being and being on the team and around their other pitchers and coaches is good too i just it's weird usually when i dig deep on a guy i'm like all right i like him or i don't like him i can't 
figure out Heaney. I could see pass for him being really good. I could pass see pass for him being yeah. really bad again. The home runs are rough, but you don't get many, you know, K minus walk guys that are twenty percent, and especially not that aren't in the first five rounds of drafts. It's hard to find yeah. those type of guys. And he goes to a perfect position. I mean, his, his left on base percentage the last two years was sixty eight and sixty seven percent. Like that's going to change a little bit. His batter has been over three hundred for two years. Like you could see him getting a little bit, uh, you know, better on the luck side there too. Uh, I don't. know. He's he's hard for me to figure. Out. I can kind of make the cases both ways, and um, it's a little frustrating. I can't kind of figure out exactly how to pinpoint a guy. And he's definitely one of them. Yeah, I. Uh... Messed up with Pineda because I really have been targeting Carlos Hernandez a lot and just for whatever reason, just kind of neglected to take Hernandez there. Well, maybe it's because he was going in the 400s in like early drafts. So yeah, yeah I, I probably should have known better that he'd have a little bit of helium. I, there's always been a lot of people talking you know, up people smarter than me. Uh, and okay. So that was, that was a whiff a little bit. I felt like, I made a couple little mistakes like that here and there throughout the draft. I wasn't thrilled with everything. You know, I took Schwindel over Voigt. Maybe if I do it again, I might go the other way. Um, I'd go the, I'd, since I said a lot of good things, I would definitely go the other way there. Yeah. I, I happen to like Schwindel almost more than anybody. Um, yeah, I really like Voigt in that lineup. I, I do too. I don't like the ballpark though. Yeah, uh, that's fair. I just, uh, I just think he's, and the guy led the league in home runs two years ago. I mean, it's the power is it, he he could probably get hurt again. I mean, very possibly get hurt again. But um, I do like that bat in the lineup. It is kind of funny though. Like Schwindel has a similar Voigt career path to Voigt. You know, he kind of does, finally yeah. got a chance at an older age and change of organization and did well with his first shot. Yeah, I don't dislike Schwindel. I just really like Voigt. Is kind yeah. of what it comes down to. For me. Probably could have gotten both. Uh, last guy I want to ask you about. Uh, you are a Reds fan. Jake Fraley was traded there in the Jesse Winker trade, correct? Correct. Uh, how do you feel about him? I know he's a, a speed power combo guy that, uh, you know, maybe he had some issues with the batting ever least he did last year in Seattle. What do you think his um, kind of playing time situation looks like there? Cause he feels like he's kind of a little, a uh, little bit of upside there. If he, uh, yeah, in, in a really nice ballpark. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Tommy flam Tommy fam obviously clouds that picture. Some For uh, sure. and fam went in the 13th Posma again. Uh, yeah, the ADP for Tommy Pham was not very useful as, as we drafted him. And him and Randall Grutchuk, uh, Grutchuk got the most uh, kind of helium from, uh, from trades ball. Yep. and signings. Yeah. Um, I, I think that uh, Fraley, I, I do like uh, I, I like his power speed. I think he benefits by switching ballparks. I think Seattle is one of the toughest on batting average parks in baseball. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't help power either. And Fraley, and since he's obviously one of the better power parks, Playing time, we'll see. I I think he plays good. Fairly plays good defense, so thus he will play more. But it's it's not a solved problem here at this point in time. Uh, I but I do th- I like the chances. Twenty fourth round picks bust all the time, and they get cut all the time. So if it doesn't work, well, I'll move on to the next one. But um, it's hard to find anybody with some speed upside. Uh, yeah. Although Jody Ryan took Jorge Mateo two picks later. Uh, Actually, seems, Michael A. Taylor one, one seems, pick later. Seems to be playing every day in spring training for with, with like when they have their starting lineups. It seems like Pateo might be a starter for them. Yeah, uh, I picked him up in my AL league tonight. Um, and yeah, that's, I, that, that's I, a good I, note, by the way. Uh, if you are it's Mike Curlin, I have to shout out a little bit. He has he does the spring training lineups yeah. and. Uh, that was Mateo's one of the guys I noticed there. He like actually takes every team spring training lineup and kind of looks at it and, you know, is this real? Is this not real? Does this look like a starting OBD lineup? Is this backups? It's a, it's a really 
valuable resource that he has. If you just look him up on Twitter, you can link right to it. Um, it's a really good tool. If you're trying to figure out some lineups and some little tidbits, uh, he has a ton of them in there. He is really, I can't imagine how long it takes him every day, but uh, he does really good work there. Yeah, he does. Um, so let's talk about my league. My league was um, definitely a, a league full of personalities. Um, I had uh, our, our friend who works at Yahoo, Dalton Del Don, sitting right next to me. I got to tell you, I've I've hung out with Dalton. We've uh, you know we do the road you do the road wire um, All Star Break trip, and he's been on that a couple of times. I've been the, been in some football leagues with him, but sitting next to him was a lot of fun. Like it, it's weird. Like you get a little you, you get a little tense at the beginning. We just like sat there and talked. Like I never felt like anything tense or pressure during this whole batch because it's fun. Because Dalton and I were just like laughing and kind of talking about picks. We were open with each other. We, we were picking so many different players. It didn't really matter very much. He he did snake me uh, a couple times, but it was it was really fun. Got to get to know him more. I mean, we've done a lot of stuff together, but uh, it was it was really fun to do that. We had Justin Mason was in our league. Uh, the first guy who ever signed up for for an NFBC main event league, Ray Diaz is in our league. Emmett Ruland, who I've been friends with for 23 years, um, going to Vegas with, uh, finished second overall last year, was in our league. Uh, Dustin McComas, who I met for the first time this week, was there. And we had uh, the other, we had oh, Dave Potts, Hall of Famer, and probably the best Major League Baseball DFS player in the world. He's won the million dollar uh, DFS uh, baseball twice, which is kind of yeah, crazy. on different platforms, by the way. Yes, different uh, platforms. And has won an NFBC main event overall. And I think a platinum league and is in the Hall of Fame. So yeah, any like any uh, accolade you could think of, uh, Dave's done that, and a really really nice guy too. And then uh, at the other turn, we had uh, two uh, two podcast guys, uh, Michael Govier and Paul Sporer. So I was uh, I was looking at them the whole time. Right. There's a really but wait, really... there's more. There's also Jeff Zimmerman too. Oh, that's right. I, I look at the league and it's under it's under his partner. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know his partner's first name, but it's under Franey. So I didn't. Which I, yeah. is the suit? That's his real name. Uh, the pen name is Tanner Bell. Uh, yes, yeah. Who won, yes, yes. only won yeah. the TG the yogurt overall last year? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I looked over. That I almost like, called oh, it by its wrong name. It's the yogurt overall. But yeah, I looked over that. And I'm like, oh, Jeff Jefferson Zimmerman's in our league too. So it's just that's it how was, I was with uh, Rudy Gamble in mine. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, that's his name. Yeah. yeah, and and Jeff is obviously really good. He does the does the launch angle podcast. We have a lot of there's like five or six guys that do podcasts regularly. It was a really uh, really active league. It was a fun league. Uh, we had a loud league. You guys were raucous. Were you guys? Could you guys hear us next door? A little bit. Yeah. Um, plus, you had Brady Tinker as your moderator. Yeah. The so although we were, I, that was a dialed down version of him, and Brady's awesome. Don't get me wrong. Awesome. I love Brady Tinker. I think he's he was. Uh, he was having. A, we had a little tech issue. Him figuring out the the handheld iPad. That's why he was a little. Uh, he was a little less uh, vocal at the beginning of the draft. We were trying to figure that as as we we're going. Is we, that why we we're ahead of you for like two rounds, and then yeah. all of a sudden you made up that stagger? Like we did. A, yeah, we were trying to figure out the computer, and then something something else broke, and then someone stole the mouse from our computer that was running the league. And now uh, we saw Greg's brother walking around with a mouse, so we took it from him. It was. That's it was so quite funny. a scene, but we flew through. Yeah, Brady, Brady keeps it. We were, we were the draft that finished first, but it was a it was a fun league. It's a loud league. I think it's be a really fun league all year long because we have a lot of people talking about it. Yeah. But I was picking first. Let um, me I, ask you the questions on your team. Fire away. That's yeah. You get to play. You have to play the role of expert here. All right. Well, um, so that's a dangerous, dangerous. Although you right gave there. me an outline, so it's going to be easy. Yeah, uh, that's true. And you know what I'm going to ask. So four hitters in a row, Scott. You were drafting one. We talked about this all along. We were worried about what pitchers are going to come back to us at the two, three turn. It was, it was pitcher heavy in your draft, just like yep. more so than mine. Although it was the second round that was crazy for you. It wasn't the first round. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we, you saw, you, you, had, you went, you went cold to Grom, to Grom at six and just like it wasn't ours. Burns, Scherzer, then a little run of uh, hitters yeah. in the first, but then Woodruff, Bueller, Bieber. Yeah, uh, at two six, Giolito at two seven. Giolito being one of the rising stars of this weekend. Yep, Alcantara at two ten. 
Urias at 211. That that's earlier than it was in many yeah. leagues. And then the two closers. So was there a pitcher you would have taken among those had they gotten to you? Yeah, if I, I there were two hitters I really wanted there, and it was Teoscar and Jordan Alvarez. I figured maybe one would get to me when both did. Um, if only one had gotten there, I would have taken Aaron Nola with one of them and just uh, had a starting pitcher. But uh, when both got to me, I decided to steer fully into this draft being crazy pitcher. And I was going to get as many good hitters as I can at that point. Um, so I went to Teoscar and Jordan, two guys I absolutely love. And I was hoping when I when I got the one pick, I was really hoping one got there when both got there. I decided to fully do it. If, if Urias had been there, I would have taken Urias and one of them. I like Urias more than I like Nola. Um, I do like Nola, but I considered Emmanuel Clase and Iglesias if I wanted to close him. I wasn't quite ready to go there. Um, so I just decided to, to take my two favorite players and steer into a little bit. We'll see how it works. As you'll get a little later, you'll see that I, I kind of had to go with like pitching depth rather than pitching, uh, you know, great guys. So it's, uh, it'll be interesting how it works out, but uh I don't think there will be many offenses better than me, at least on paper, but I think my pitching will be a, a work in progress most of the year. For sure. Um, yeah. Del Don famously takes tons of pitchers early. Yeah, and he was right next to me. Knowing so that a, he's yeah. right next to you, how'd that affect your strategy? Did you plan on like saying, okay, am I going to try to counter it or am I just going to – or am I going to take what it's given to me? Because you think the rest of the room might react to him being in your draft too. I think the rest of the room did. I think the rest of the room knew that was coming. I think they knew that they were going to have to go pitchers. And I think that uh, maybe that pushed a few up. Um, I decided I was going to not worry about it that much. I was going to hang out and talk to Dalton, not worry about what he was going to do. Um, there was only one time where it really hurt. He took a picture in the sixth round that I really, I would have taken in a, in a heartbeat if he was there and got all the way back to me. Um, but I mostly decided to do what I want to do. And, and I figured that uh, I was going to take the, uh, if, if, it, if the hitting, um, I got some, you know, bounty from people ever taking pictures. I was going to do it and kind of figure it out and, 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 and build it that way. In this weird hypothetical word, world that I'm creating right now, please say T. Oscar and Jordan are still there, but one of like Urias or Alcantara or one of the top two closers is also there. Would you have diversified a little bit and maybe taken yeah. a pitcher and a hitter and let I one would, of the hitters go? I would have gone pitcher hitter if either closer or Urias was there. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Yeah. Fourth round, you take a fourth hitter, Aaron Judge. What uh, gives? They left me no choice. I mean, that's uh, that's eight. I had really late and I'm not one like, Oh, he's there. You got to do it. But I, I had judge as someone who I considered at the two, three turn, not above Tiosco and Jordan, but he was in that like bucket of guys. I was thinking about him and Buxton and um, there was someone else in there. I forget who it was, but I think think our podcasting friends were not up with the news on the, the, the vac. No, I'm kidding. I'm being silly. A little (laughs) bit. uh, Yeah. It was uh, here. Yeah. Uh, No, although he may not be able to play in Toronto, which is bad. That's nine games, but I just think Aaron why, Judge, why is it always Judge too? Why isn't it Rizzo that we're worried about or any met met to be named later? Because I think Judge is not. We know he's. We think he's not vaccinated, right? We know that though. Oh, we do know that. We do know that. Okay, I don't. I know he. No, I'm asking. Do we know that? I don't know if we know that for sure. I just know he hasn't answered the question. I don't think we know it for sure either. Answer the question. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought that it's one of those spots where I like to begin with. I was gonna. I figured there's no. Way he gets all the way back to me. I wanted to, him. I wanted George Springer, who I thought was going to get. He went. Um, but then when when Judge got there, I Judge was there, Lindor was there, and Marcus Semyon was there. And I was really tempted to just take both. I liked all three of those guys at that price. I almost took two offensive guys. I just kind of figured I better get a pitcher here because Dalton's going to take a couple more before I get back. And that doesn't even count all the other people they're going to pick. There's 28 picks in between. I knew Dalton was taking two. I knew other people were taking them. So I just decided I went to I went Trevor Rogers. Um, bumped him up a little bit, but like I said, he wasn't coming back to me. One of my favorite breakout, uh, he kind of broke out last year, but one of my favorite guys take another step up this year. Um, so I decided to lean in a little bit. I almost went semi and I almost went, uh, 
almost went Lindor, who I really like for a bounce back year. Justin Mason took Lindor at five three. I love that pick. I told him that at the time, um, but I figured I better get a I better get a starter before I really regret it later. Musgrove went to Justin at four thirteen, so yep. could, that was one less. That's what, see, and the thing is, because your league was was it was like I had a choice of like Musgrove and Logan Webb. Uh, you know, you yeah. I think I think that's a, those are the only two starters that I yeah. had choice. Logan league. Webb was Logan Webb was mid fourth. He was gone. Dal- Dalton was going to take him in the in the four or five turn. He was gone. He's like, I can't believe he didn't come back to me. But I mean, Logan Webb was a it was a mover. We saw him go. We saw him go three point one in the main event to someone who's in the NFBC Hall of Fame. So he was a uh, Logan Webb was a big mover this weekend. Yeah, he was, and it, you know, it, it skewed the Thursday versus Saturday ADP. Like I think yeah. Ryan Bloomfield uh, tweeted out like the comparison, and you know, it was pointed out that Webb really dropped is like, yeah, that's because you know, when someone takes him 31, yeah. there's only three drafts that, that that's <laughs> right. a one man skew right there. Exactly. So. For sure. Uh, so, yeah, okay. I, I, so Trevor Rogers making, you know, overseas over Verlander, we know over Gossman, I won't make you compare versus Gossman because you already said you're fading Gossman. Why Rogers? Uh, I just, I love, as I got dig, dug deep into Rogers this a couple weeks ago, I just love everything I saw. I love him. 28% strikeout rate. The walks are a touch high. That's the problem there, but it's 14% swing strike rate. Um, suppressed hard contact. Well, Barrow is 5%. And just, I just think he's a guy on the rise. I, as I look closer, I just loved everything I saw. I mean, two, six, four ERA last year, but you look at the, you know, the fifth was two, five, five. So pretty well supported there. Um, I just liked everything I saw. His batting was even 301 last year. It's not like he got lucky in that regard there. Um, left on base rate was 75%, so I always thought that was fine. He's the guy that gets strikeouts and ground balls just above over a 40% ground ball rate. I just think everything works. That pitch is in a really good park to pitch in. Um, I just think the guy that's going to be really good as I dug deep into him, I couldn't find anything I really didn't like about him. Uh, and yeah. I don't I don't like – I love him too. I don't I, dislike – I'm, I'm persuaded. I don't dislike Dylan Cease, but I worry about Dylan Cease walks. And I worry about how many hard, how much hard contact he gives up. I think we've got a lot of, uh, you know, walk, uh, bloop hit, three-run homer against Dylan Cease. His hard contact really worries me. Um, the strikeout rate is fantastic. He's over, he was over 30% last year. There's a lot of really good things about Cease, but there's enough there in the bad thing that I think we get like a 3-8 ERA out of him this year. I think you're right about that. Um, okay, six round. You, you, you've got four hitters and a pitcher. And then all the starting pitchers that I thought were going to go went. Darvish went, Lance Lynn went, Barrios, Manoa, Montas, Castillo. The guy I really wanted that right was Charlie Morton, and Dalton took him big point. That was the one moment. I, one of those, like, you don't want to look at him. You just want to close your eyes and pretend, hope he doesn't say Charlie Morton. Yeah. I, I knew don't he was going to. Don't even think the name. I'm, yeah. I'm going to clear want, my head. I didn't so want it anywhere think. near my head. Um, and he he took him. I kind of figured he would have asked him before. He knew that I he knew that I didn't want Shane McClanahan. He talked to me. He said, he heard me say that on a podcast. So he, I asked him. I said, "Will you take McClanahan if you knew I liked him?" And he said, "No." He said he was Morton there for no for no doubt. So um, I really wanted Montas, Manoa, Darvish, or Morton. They all went. Um, so I decided to take a closer. I took Taylor Rogers, who I love. It's a little bit early there, but all the other closers uh, that I really like were gone. It was him. Canable or Trinan. I like Taylor Rogers a little bit more. Than those guys, I don't. I, I, I like those guys fine too. And then I, I went Corey Seager, who I love. My issue, my issue with Corey Seager was always he doesn't steal bases, but I thought he made a really good combo with Trey Turner. I, I think that I can kind of, yeah. I, he kind of covers the middle in terms of you know Trey well, steals you a bunch. Slide over Turner over. over to second base. That's yeah. the thing that's beautiful about yeah. that. Yeah, I had Turner. I had Turner to second base in my mind. So I, I love Seager as a hitter. Um, the only knock is a stolen base, and I kind of felt like I had a team that that was well set up to take him. Yeah. Taylor Rogers is slightly early compared to his ADP, but not yeah. really outrageously so. And again, no way he's coming back to you. Nope. So. Now I, I knew he wouldn't come back. I knew Canable and Trina were coming back. And I knew I had to take one of them if I wanted to get anybody 
and uh, and that was the case there. Before we get to the the rest of my draft, real quick, a note from our sponsors at Vivid Seats. Baseball is back. That's right, an entire glorious season, all 162 games. And with live events resuming, you can actually be there to catch all the action in person with Vivid Seats. Every backdoor slider, every round trip, and every doubleheader can be experienced live. And with Vivid Seats rewards, you can start earning free tickets from your very first purchase. Just buy, collect stamps, and redeem. It's that easy. From behind the dugout to upper level, Vivid Seats has you covered for all the games that matter to you. Uh, one pro tip, buy tickets for your whole group. Split the bill and make progress towards your free tickets even faster. Just vi- visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Yeah. Uh, so, Scott, what yes. is the key to your team? The key to my team? Wow, that's a that's a tough question right there. But I think it is the uh, the second and third pitchers. I, I waited a little bit my first, so I tried to – I like how you queued up the key to my team right there, by the way. Yeah. Um, I think it's the Sonny Gray and Luis Severino. I took them in the ninth and tenth round. I had to get Reese Hoskins in the eighth. Big target for me that I didn't think was going to get back to me. Uh, needed a first baseman. Uh, I thought that worked really well. But, yeah, Gray and Severino are probably the most important things. When you wait on pitching – you need that second, third, and fourth guy to be really good to compete because, uh, you know, Trevor Rodgers is – I like him a lot, but he's not Garrett Cole. He's not Jacob DeGrom. He's not Corbin Burns. I don't expect him to be. Um, so no, I need my I two either. and three – what's that? No, I was just being yeah. – Yeah, I need my, I need those guys to do – I need Sonny Gray and Lee Severino to be good. I uh, Severino's an upside play. You know, he has been really good. It's it, it's not – he's not looked good so far in the spring, but I, I, I'm i not too worried about that. I, I know the control needs to get there, but I'm more worried that he's healthy, he's throwing innings, and – um, he was the guy that was really, really good in, in, in 2018 and 2017, um, you know, 190 plus innings, both those years, ERA, you know, two, nine, eight, three, four, uh, really good. And I, I just, I love the Sunny green move from, from Cincinnati to Minnesota, not for your reds, but for his pitching environment also. And you look I at, uh, yeah. And you look at like a, a, like a stat cast kind of view of gray. It's, it's really, really good. That, that page is really red. So I like him a lot, but both those picks need to work. Cause I, when I, when you don't have the, you know, the full stud ace, you sure need, you sure need your second and third guys to work out really, really well. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Um, and Sonny Gray, I, I was debating between Luis Garcia and Sonny Gray. So, you know, basically 50-50 call as far as I'm concerned, as far as that goes. So I, uh, It's I like funny because I, I think as on my list here, I'm looking, and those were the two guys I decided between that pick also. Yep. Uh, you, you had a hiccup. Uh, you didn't realize it was a hiccup at the time, yeah. but, and it might not even be as bad as you think, but David Bednar is your, your closer too. And you got him in the 11th round uh, later yeah. in the draft. There was a note coming out that said that the pirates intend to split the safe chances with Stratton and Bednar. Yeah. It's not like he, they're using Stratton straight up as the closer though. So I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think this is a fatal error. I really like Bednar as a pitcher. So I'm hoping long-term yeah. that helps my concern I like him with- as a person. Unlike yeah. you. Who there just thinks about it in utilitarian purposes. I, I like him as a person. Yeah, I don't really I care don't about him as a person. I like him as a. Uh, yeah. I think it's. I think his his brother just got drafted for the by the Giants, right? A yeah, he's like a, yeah. he was a stud in the College yeah. World Series. Yeah, I think uh, we're talking. I was talking to Justin Mason. He mentioned that, and I didn't. I didn't know that until he, he told me that. But I was. Uh, if I had, if I had seen that note on Bednar, I think uh, it was right after the break. So I kind of thought about it a while, and then I'm like, you know what? I just have to get the second closer. For me, it was it was Bednar or Matt Barnes. I probably would have would have shifted to Barnes, who I don't love, but I don't hate. I kind of I've kind of grown him a little bit. Uh, they just haven't added really anybody that I'm worried about in Boston. He walks too many guys, but does get strikeouts. I think I might have taken Sia Suzuki at that point, though, if I had not taken Bednar. I was between those two guys at the time, and um, I don't know. How do you feel about Suzuki? It's always hard to figure out how guys are going to come over, but uh, it's a really interesting profile. I mean, uh, you know, pop yeah. and speed. Pop and speed is is really nice. The eleventh round, if it if it you know, kind of works out that way. He's in a situation where you're going to play every day. He's not a lineup where, you know, he's get pushed out in Chicago. He's definitely the, the guy. 
Um, how are you on Suzuki at that price? I'm, I'm totally fine with it. Uh, went a little slightly earlier in my league. Uh, Rudy Gamble grabbed him in the 10th. So, uh, and I, I've seen that in other places too. I mean, I, again, it, it's hard to find, you know, speed with other skills and Suzuki yeah. could have that. So I, I, I would have liked that, that route. If you would have gone yeah. that route. I, uh, I would, I would like that swap back. I don't know what the heck I would have done for a second closer, but I sure would like to make that swap if I could right now. You've already extolled the virtues of Joe Ryan to me. However, I think we've been pretty quiet about Joe Adele. I, I really, really like Joe Adele. I think we talked about him a little bit last week, but uh, yeah, I just, I always love, you know, stud prospects who come up and fail once and kind of the, 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 the sheen comes off of them a little bit. And the 15th round, I really like these stolen three bases so far on the spring. I, I don't care about spring stats, but I like the fact that the stolen bases are kind of in his head. I mean, a lot of stolen bases uh, in the majors is, you know, is kind of want to, if you're fast enough, if you want to run, if you want to take that bag, I like the fact he's done, it. he's looked good in the spring. I know it's been against weak competition. I saw a stat that, you know, his average uh, pitcher he's faced is not really good, but I just think this is a, a ton upside here. I think he's going to hit 20, 20, 25 home runs. Uh, I think there's even a little bit more than that. Um, he looked really good in the, in the, in the minors last year, what he hit uh, 20, uh, 23 home runs in 73 games in AAA. struggled when he came up. Uh, but what I like when he came up is the strikeouts were not as bad as they were um, when he came up the first time in 2020. I know he only played 38 games then, but he had 140 plate appearances last year. The strikeout rate went down to 23%. Um, I think there's no doubt he hits the ball hard. I think if he can, if he throws in 10 to 12 stolen bases, I think he's really, really, uh, really, really valuable. Um, a guy that is a big target for me. Uh, if we had done the offense of my guys, which we never really got to, um, he would have been my, uh, my kind of, yeah, my kind of late. He could have, we might have to do it next week. Uh, he would have been my later, uh, my later outfielder as someone that I really want to target heavily. Yeah, I can see that. Um, he's a little riskier. Uh, sure. But he was also your fourth outfielder. Your fifth and sixth outfielders are the opposite of that. They're guys that you know are going to play. Yeah. Will Myers, you know, he, he, someone took his second L, so he only has one. Um, and then AJ Pollock, who we know, I mean, it's just how many games does he play? Uh, and it can he play those games at full capacity? Uh, so I think that's that's the question about that. But I, you know, you, you balanced risk with playing time uh, coming up later. And it's funny when you take Trey Turner early, you're like, oh, well, I'm good on steals. But you realize you have to get some more at some point. I really, and I needed some, you know, both those guys are probably 10 to 12 guys. So I think they, they supplement him uh, really well also. I think they're both. Both good and both in great lineups. Like I think AJ Pollock might hit eighth or ninth, which is a you know definitely a, a downside there. But in that lineup, you know I don't know how bad that is. Probably the eighth hitter on the Dodgers gets uh, gets many plate appearances into five hitters on other, some other teams, and he's got guys that can drive him in or or he can he can drive in kind of up in the lineup. I like Will Myers more than most. I've been a Will Myers person for a lot of years, and I like that he kind of fixed the strikeout issues that he had in in 2019. I think it was. Um, he had that weird outlier strikeout year, and he kind of fixed. I think it was 2020 actually. And he had the and he went down. He had 30. 4 percent 2019 and down to down to the 20s last couple of years uh not great not gonna help the batting average but uh some pop you know if he goes uh you know i'll, I'll take last year he goes 17 home runs eight stolen bases i think in the 18th round that's something that's someone that really helps you especially i think he's my sixth outfielder at that point alec boom bomb um went in the 20th round backs up your dj lemay you picked that you were so proud of on twitter uh not not proud of i if you'd asked me a player i would definitely wouldn't have in a main event it was dj lemay but I need a third baseman. He was, you know, way after where he normally goes. And it yeah. got to the point where, you know, not like, oh, I have to take him here because he's gone, but at the point where I, I finally thought he was an okay play. And I think there's enough, you know, situations with the Yankees moving around. I mean, it's not like Josh Donaldson's a, uh, you know, a guy that plays 162 games. They're going to be yeah. playing time for LeMahieu. 
And if he something's hits, got to give, by the way, yeah, something has to give because him and him and Torres and Donaldson and I, I, FK, IKF, IKF, and IKF Rizzo. they I mean, can't all play every day. And someone's got to sit. And I don't know who it is, but yeah, um, LeMay, he was I, and, and really good a couple years ago. A little bit could be Stan the day. Yeah, you know, Aaron Hicks probably is not going to hold up every single day. Hey, don't um, say that. Don't say that. I took him in the twenty fifth round. Uh, but that's fine. And, and he said to, he round. said today he wants to go thirty thirty this year. I want to win the main event this year too. Um, I'm by the way, I'm fine if both those things happen. Yeah, uh, I am too. I yeah, am too. Uh, point is, Aaron Hicks goes. I, there's 30, a lot of things if, we want. Yeah, it's if Aaron Hicks goes thirty third, you win the main event. It probably means I did pretty well too. So we'll 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 all be happy. I reckon. With that. I reckon. Uh, I really liked Nelson Lamette at the twenty fourth. Much much better than uh, Toby getting it next to me later, even. Um, as he announced, no, earlier, it was actually one round earlier, 23.2, where he goes, it was Padres closer to Nelson Lamette. Lamette's having a, a really great start to spring training. He looks good out there. He looks like the pre-injury version of Lamette. And you, you got to figure there's a path on the Padres. Like, you know, this guy's really talented. We've tried as a starter for four years. It clearly doesn't work for me to start her. Like, he could be a dominant guy out of the pen on a really good team. They have not added anyone. I mean, we've got Robert Suarez, who they added from overseas. We got Pierce Johnson. If you look at Roto, you know, roster resources, they got six closers. I think they're kind of being funny with the Padres. But I tell you what, if they, he's the arm. You know, Melvin is a guy that likes to go with one closer. He's done it with the A's over the years. And, you know, we didn't have one or someone struggled. He found someone that he slotted. You know, when it was Lou Trevino a couple years ago. Um, when you know when Rosenthal got hurt, he just he finds guys right away and uses them. I just think Lamette's like a perfect reliever arm, and maybe they want to use him for multi innings. But they're like, if we're me and I'm that team, I'm like you know what, we got this arm and never has worked. You going long term is I, I'm going to see what my guy on the back end of the bullpen throw one great inning for me uh, three times a week. Let's see what we got. I think he's there's like there's a legit chance that he's closing by like May first and like the guy. Sure, yeah, and and it costs you nothing. Yeah, so. it costs me nothing. Uh, last guy I want to ask you about. Yeah. Talk to me about Jeremy Pena. Who is Jeremy Pena? Why should we be excited about him? We should be excited about Jeremy Pena because he's the starting shortstop for one of the better lineups in the league. I mean, he's, he's going to be the starting shortstop for the Astros. Everything Dusty Baker says makes it seem that way. They didn't add anybody. I mean, obviously if they added somebody, it wouldn't have been it, but you look at, uh, you look at the minors. We don't know anything about 2020, but he had 20 stolen bases in 2019 and he hit for a really good average. We're talking the 29th, 20, what I take the 28th round, something like that. Oh, no, I guess, oh, sorry, 22nd round. But uh, uh, I just think uh, he's in a great lineup, can fall into some runs and RBIs. He won't hit at the top of the lineup, but um, you give me, uh, I don't know, give me 13 to 15 stolen bases out of that spot. And it'd be really, really nice as my, uh, as my middle or my backup uh, shortstop. And um, I think there's a little bit, I think he's a little bit here. He had 10 home runs last year in, thir- in only 30 games in AAA. So maybe the power's coming a little bit. He's only, uh, he's only 24 years old. So maybe he's kind of growing into that power. Um, I don't know a ton about him aside from looking at his uh, looking at his stats and all that. You know, not a not a strikeout problem guy. Um, right. I just think yeah, I, I was looking for a little bit of speed, a little bit of power here, and uh, you know, someone on a great a great team is uh, and it just works really well. He was a he was a big target for me. Yeah, um, I've been slow to pick up the enthusiasm, but I see the case. Yeah, uh, probably about eighth or ninth. Um, but that's, that's okay the, too. Yeah, it's definitely the downside. But we're we're talking you know round twenty two and. Um, I just think that if he steals, if he's, if they, you never know with Houston if they let him run, but maybe the bottom of the lineup, they're like, yeah, go ahead and steal some. But 20 stolen bases in, what is that, 109 games in 2019? Um, I like the chances that, uh, that he can be a 10 stolen base guy. And if he does that, I think it really works the pick. Yeah, I think so too. Anybody, anything else you want to talk about before we sign off today? 
Uh, I think that's about it. I want to ask you about it. I took CJ Abrams really, really late. Um, just I probably would have done it if it was like day before the season and I kind of knew what was going on. But with you know, 10, 11 days before the season, I think there's a couple things that could break where he you know, maybe ends up on the team. He's an easy drop otherwise. Um, are, you, are you interested in all at him and kind of a, a little spec play here late in the draft? Yeah, both him or Hassan Kim, to be honest with you. Because yeah. you know, Hassan Kim was a stud in Korea. Yeah. And it's not like he's 31 and coming over after a long career there. He's in his prime years and he came over at a tough time in COVID didn't have family with him really, you know, adjusting to life in the U S a new country, new ballpark, new style of play, and then no fans. And then some fans and then all fans, you know, it's just, it's a lot to adjust to for him. So I don't want to write Kim off either. But, I really, I actually really like him. I would have taken Kim. He went in the uh, – Paul Spore took him. It's funny. Paul, I was the one pick, and Paul was the 15 pick. So, they're not really sniping each other at that point. There's so many picks right. in between. But I told Paul after that, if I, was, if I was team 15, I would have had a lot of the same picks he had. We had, we had a lot of guys we both really liked. Um, yeah. He took Reed De- – he took the uh, – he went Hassan Kim, Reed Detmers, 1920. Both guys that I would have taken if they had gotten back to me. I love both those picks. I was uh, – I actually had an actual groan, I think, when he took Detmers uh, in round 20. I knew that Detmers was getting pushed up. I was hoping I was going to back at the 2021 term, but it just didn't happen. Um, I took Elysia Hernandez, who I do actually like a little bit uh, in round 21. I think that uh, I like a, that too. He, he's looking good in the spring, looking healthy. And we told you last year, I mean, he got hurt running the bases. Like uh, He's not like in that arm injury, uh, the second right. one. I think the first one might have been. But um, I do like him too. Uh, he's someone that uh, if uh, if I'm in a spot in the draft, I think he's a, a nice little candidate to at least be really good. And if he's good the first two months, uh, you know, before Patisse comes back, the, the Potters will find a place for him. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I'm smiling now because my cat's being a menace and the dog was earlier there. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's good yeah. stuff. But that's, we know that Hernandez isn't going to get hurt running the bases this year. You know, that's that is, uh, that's, year. that's certainly a benefit. So, but, uh, so that's me. I was actually, uh, you know, we talked a bunch about how I was a little bit late to start to prep and a little bit worried about being ready. I was actually, uh, I was, uh, surprised how much I enjoyed, uh, the, the process of my team. I think, Sitting next to Dalton helped a little bit. I was just, we were just kind of in the flow and, and having fun and really enjoying ourselves. So one, of, one of the more fun main events I've done just because we were just kind of chatting it up. The team worked out pretty well. Brady doing our draft was fun. And having Paul and Michael Govia like right across from me is really fun too. They were uh, they were a trip and they were laughing about stuff. Well, there, was, was, a, was there a smack talking between? I know Paul and Justin were going Paul at each and, other. Paul and Justin had multiple expletives back and forth at each other, calling each other names and other curse words. But uh, Govia seemed pretty locked in. I, I think he and Paul were kind of joking around, but. Uh, and Michael was uh, was uh, loud with his picks when he made them, but uh, the smack talk was mostly between uh, between Paul and Justin as the fifteen and three, so they're kind of facing each other. But uh, yeah. there were a few snipes back and forth. Uh, Paul took uh, Kyle Gibson, who I think is uh, some of the Justin's love forever, and there was uh, there was definitely some some curse words back and forth. I heard that actually. Yeah. It was uh, it was a fun draft. I'm sure we we're the loudest draft, but it, it was really fun. And I I really appreciate all those guys in the league, and it was uh, it was really fun. It was fast moving. We had no issues, no problem. It was just it was really fun. Good. Live drafting is live drafting is so much better it's than online. online. That's why draft- I did scarf because yeah. it was live. I guarantee you, I wouldn't have done it if it had been online. But yeah. online, I, I like round twenty. I start to get bored and check my email a little bit between picks, and it's just a terrible way to do it because you have to focus. Um, I love the live drafts are harder because you know you don't have all your comforts of home and you don't have anything up on your screen, so it's a little bit harder. But uh, I find it so much more fun. I find it more of a challenge. I find it just a better experience. It's it's, it's a blast. It is. And kudos again to Greg and Tom and Derek uh, and everybody else in the room. I mean, it, you know, Greg's got a great crew. I mean, you, yeah. there's at least one moderator for every draft. Christian yep. was ours. He was fantastic. You know, even just like little things like pronouncing all the players' names correctly. I mean, yeah. it, 
it's it it you know, it's noticed when it's yeah. done right. And, um, and, and technology technology's that. added a lot of stuff, so we could like t- we could probably all sit there and make our own picks. But like saying it out loud, someone announcing it, oh, so someone else better. entering it, it's so much better. It's so much more fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, great. I appreciate everybody uh, listening. Jeff, you got anything else uh, you want to talk about? I just wish I had more time to talk to everyone and more energy when it was yeah. time to talk to everyone. I'll tell you what, I don't do well in like parties like that where it's really loud and you get get short conversations. And I'm. Yeah. I, I've got the attention span of a hummingbird. So if I <laughs> flitted about and didn't give a full conversation, I apologize. But um, it was awesome. It was yeah. really awesome and can't wait to do it again. Yeah. Vegas is tough that way. You, know, you end up in like kind of some big groups here and there and they just have to break up. But like I'm better with a, you know, four to six person kind of hanging out group too. myself. I'm not great with parties, but it was uh, it was fun to see everybody. It was good to uh, chat to everybody. So it was it was a really good time. And I'm uh, I'm glad it happened again because three years away was uh, was definitely too long. Absolutely. Doing uh, another main. I'm doing one next Saturday. You're doing it, I believe, on what the uh, whatever the it? day is before the season, April sixth. Okay, so I didn't know yeah. if you wanted to like keep that secret be under the radar. Do you have it? No, I don't care. Do you people, have any, on, have any online championship? Online championship next or no? I do. I'm doing Beach F. Erickson two on Tuesday night. Actually, this week. Oh, is uh, it full already? Or do people need to, do people need to jump in? Uh, people better jump in fast. Uh, last I saw it was six to 12 and we okay. just announced it like a couple hours ago, but yeah, it'll be, that'll be full fast. I'm going to do a, uh, I think I'm going to do a beat. I don't know what they call me these days. Beat striker, I guess is the, is the new. new <laughs> yes. Damn it. War dog. Um, but yeah, I'll do a beat Genstead league at some point to an online championship. So I'll let people know what the date is on that. As anybody actually uh, wants to come and kick my butt. Um, and then I might, uh, I might slide into a second one uh, at some point. I know they're trying really working really hard to fill fill the online championship. I might try and uh, get them uh, another team in there too, as they try and, you know, kind of work towards their, sure. their uh, selling stuff out with the, with the late start and all that. So, um, well, Jeff, it was good to, uh, good to see you this weekend. It's always, uh, always fun. I'm glad you, uh, glad you uh, got us to golf out there. So that was, that was fun. Also, um, fun to chat also tonight, but other than that, we'll be back at you, uh, next Sunday night. I hope everybody uh, enjoyed listening to talk about our main events and we'll, uh, talk about some, uh, some of our guys, uh, next week. I think a little bit too. We haven't talked many, much of that offense. We'll do that a little bit. Talk about your, uh, your second main, which should be fun. Yep. Also that's on Saturday. So we'll talk about that. Other than that, hope everybody has a, a fantastic week. Enjoy the, uh, the week of spring training. We'll be back at you next Sunday night. Take care.